Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support. And thank you guys worldwide for continuing to share those episodes. Those are That's awesome. That's awesome. I don't even know how it gets this far. At the last episode, according to my records here, <laughs> because the database I, I use will let me uh, find out how many episodes I have. But anyways, I didn't realize I lost count. But it let me know that my last episode was the 100th episode episode, uh, which was a big deal for me. I'm like, what? I didn't even realize I had a hundred episodes, but yes, we made it. You guys, we all did it. Uh, if this would not keep going, if you guys are not listening to it. So thank you guys so much for all the contributions that you've made, um, through your listening and your sharing and your, you know, just, that's just so much generosity. So thank you guys so much, uh, in this beautiful exchange of energy. So I recently had a session that really inspired me to do this episode and it inspired me because it kind of stuck with me and it's just something that we can look into a little further as we always do. There is something happening in our world. I'm noticing it. It's such a small little subtlety, a hesitation that can almost escape you if you don't know what you're looking at. And maybe you on your end may not even observe it or even though it's there if you are a match to what you're hearing. So what I mean by that is the session that I had, uh, this person was talking about his past and things that had happened. And we wanted to see what he thought about from just reflecting on specific areas in the past and how people treated him. I asked him what his summary or synthesis of what had happened in the past and what he was shown or what was revealed to him. And he said that with hesitation now, he said, I was loved. And then he says it again. He says, no, I, I was loved. And as I was writing my notes, hearing him, I didn't actually see his face during the session. I looked up and I thought, oh. There was a hesitation there. And the funny thing is not the first time I ever hear it. I hear it often. When people talk about love, it's almost like they have to apologetically say it. <laughs> There's like this hesitation. I asked him, was there a hesitation? And he said, yeah, there was. He said, I, I kind of felt weird saying love. And I said, did it feel easier saying anything but love you know like uh, he usually talked about how he was done in in the past how he was done wrong how people uh treated him unjustly and and he had those very significant experiences those traumatic experiences in his life and he said he had an easier time retrieving that information talking about it but i hesitated when i talked about love and it's so interesting, when I delved a little bit more, I asked him, why did you hesitate? What did you think I would think? And he said, um, I thought you would think I'm being cheesy. <laughs> and I told him, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Nothing cheesy about that word. That is an elevated word that 
gets us as far as we've come into this life. It's not hate, anger, resentment that gets us moving. It's all the other stuff that we don't retrieve quickly, that we hesitate in saying out loud now. We feel a sense of shame, a sense of embarrassment. Perhaps that's more accurate, a sense of embarrassment or hesitation. When we say the word love, we're afraid to say it. We're afraid to say it because there's some kind of assumption around it that we perceive perfection, that we will sound naive, and that other people are going to say, well, that person is unrealistic, they're idealist, um, or idealistic, and this person is not reality-based. So we're so afraid to say the word love. Some might even assume that it's religion-based, perhaps, or... uh, some kind of um, other meaning that through the years we've been conditioned to perceive because now we perceive love or the word love or somebody saying the word love as something that would be embarrassing to say. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I have. It's a small little, it's a a subtlety. You almost blink and you miss it when somebody uh, talks about love, about generosity about the good stuff and mind you in no way am I saying that people are perfect and that love in itself has the implication of perfection on the contrary human love right the love in humanity has human qualities and so it will carry those qualities in its conduct it'll have the same qualities as insecurity Love in the form of anger, in the form of resentment, in the form of uh, any other method that a human can use love as. And it's, I'm sure, a lot of methods because humanity and its variety is pretty large. But love remains the same. It is the undertone of all that. It is beneath all our basic needs, our feelings of hope. It is love that we search for. So that same patient I was talking about earlier in the episode uh, told me the story of Buddha uh, and his one of his disciples, Ananda. They were once walking to towards a village and I guess they they had some kind of task they had to complete over at that village but they were walking for a while Buddha and Ananda both got tired and they stopped at a village where a man was working on his field and Buddha and Ananda went to ask the mm, farmer how close are we to that village that we're seeking and the farmer said it is two miles away and um, Buddha And Ananda both started walking, and it was two miles in. They were, of course, by then very exhausted, and they had another village. There was a lady picking up wood, and they go over to this lady, and Ananda this time asks, how far is that village that they wanted to go to? She smiles, and so does Buddha. They smile at one another. I guess Ananda notices that they're both smiling, And they start to laugh together, and the lady says, well, it's two miles away. And Ananda 
kind of sees that they're both laughing and he's not getting it, right? At that point, he's like, what's going on? But then they just keep on walking. Uh, now, Buddha is quiet during this time, and he's walking, walking, walking. They hit the next village two miles away, but it is not the village that they wanted. By then, Ananda's fuming, and he's like, what is going on? He goes up to another person in, an, in the next village and says, how far is this village that they're looking for? Now, Buddha looks at the man that was being asked, and they both, again, <laughs> laugh at, e at, at each other like it's an inside joke. Ananda's not liking this, and he's like, uh, what's going on in his head, right? And the man responds by saying, well, it's two miles away. At this point, he's like, what is going on? That's Ananda, right? So Buddha and Ananda start walking again, and during the walk, he's like, I'm not understanding What's happening here? Why is everybody saying it's two miles away and you guys are laughing? What is this laughing business about? What, why, Buddha, are you laughing with these people? What is it that you guys are, what is it that you know that I'm not aware of? And Buddha responds to him by saying that, basically, I've been through these villages before and it, it, they do this consistently with anybody that walks by. They tell them, by encouraging them that they're two miles away from what, whatever they their destination is, to help encourage them. And now and I, the disciple Ananda is like, but why are they lying? And Buddha explains to him, they're not lying. They're telling the truth, but they're helping you by encouraging you and then telling you two miles away. If they actually told you how much it was, you would have just dropped like you're dropping now. You would have not continued on with your journey. So in a lot of ways... We need those people to tell us that, that we're two miles away from where we want to be to encourage us. And I thought the story was quite incredible. It got me thinking about something that I even heard Maya Angelou talk about before, which is she referred to people, uh, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this up, but I'm, I'm giving you kind of the summary of it. She talked about that she was always loved and that the people that had encouraged her along the ways, whether it's authors that she remembered through her tough times, because she was a reader, and the relationships that she had carried even when they had passed on, maybe famous people that had inspired her that she didn't know, stood next to her whenever she was in a tough time. She was able to access their thoughts, their words of encouragement, their point of views to help her through which I think is something that always stayed with me when I heard it. But when I hear the story of Buddha and Ananda and the two-mile marker, I think of something that is probably even, to me, probably a, a bigger thing that as a human being, especially when I'm working with people, as a human being, we all need to look at the people that have stood by us in the past we perceive ourselves lonely at times. We even complain about it. We're so lonely. And we think the world has done us so wrong. We don't have enough of something, perhaps. Or, you know, my this, this is just so bad, it can't get worse. And I hear it often. It's something that is pretty common. I might even hear people repeating over and over their trauma, what has happened to them, and live in it consistently. And not blink a blink an eye or even attempt to change anything about the story or the narrative they are they're saying and that's where they're at I'm pretty open to that I understand that I have to meet people where they're at so it's not something I expect but it got me thinking about 
all the people in the past that have helped us and acted as markers that are so subtle that we don't even recognize that they were there. They reminded us that we were worthy. We saw ourselves and the potential of what we are in their eyes with the way they've treated us. Whether they said, Happy Thanksgiving, and looked us in the eyes when we were having our Thanksgiving meal by ourselves at Denny's, or when we were being bullied, it's the one person that walked by and gave you a tissue when you were crying, or maybe the one teacher that said, two more miles, you got this, you could do it, right? And so even if we didn't come from households that were intact and that carried a lot of inspiration, we didn't get as far as we did without those people that handled us with fragility, that brought us here into this place of where we are right now because of love and not anger. But yet our brain has the capacity to choose or select whatever it wants to recall. So I want to inspire everyone today to really think about and reflect all the situations and the people that we've met since the beginning that have held our hands and walked us through in, in moments where we thought, I can't go one more mile. It is those people and their subtleties that we need to remember, we need to acknowledge and recall and say, man, I wasn't done wrong. I was done so right over and over again. It's that person that was patient with me when I was screaming at them <laughs> because they didn't get my, you know, medical billing right. Or it's, it's the person that said that I didn't get the raise, but that I was an awesome worker anyways. So it's the people that did something that was generous that wasn't necessarily deserved, but rather carried the undertone of unconditional love. We do this every day. We experience it every day if you are looking. But if your brain is not trained to select it, friends, you would think it an accident for a person to help you out, for a person to offer an umbrella when you get out of your vehicle and walk you somewhere in the rain, complete stranger. They would think of it as an accident. But if you slow down your memories, just as much as you've been hurt, I think, I'll bet 2,000 times more that you've been loved and handled with care. Think about it. Really think about it. Put that effort in it. Recall those people. Write them down. I made this patient write down those markers in his life. That's what we call them really because of the uh, mile, two mile markers. We wanted to name the two mile people. It's the people that we almost dismissed, you know, never give credit to because we keep repeating the traumas and how we were done wrong and how people are so rude and the world is so unjust. We keep dismissing all the grace and mercy we were given along the way. I don't care if you've not had any family and you've lived alone. If you interacted with another human being, 
or in this world you've experienced love somehow. I know you have. No way have we survived this long because of war, my friends, or because of hate. It is love that makes us survive this long, take care of one another. It's not the obvious stuff, you know? It's the stuff that we just dismiss. It's so subtle. It's the nurse that holds your hands when you're having a baby. <laughs> and she doesn't really have to, right? It's the subtlety of an animal soul that comes and sits next to you when you're exhausted, licks you, reminds you that you're so here and you're so worthy when you don't think you are. It's all that love, all that beautiful energy, and it exists all the time. If you allow yourself to see it, if you train your brain to do it over and over again, like we've trained for so many years to see the things that happened to me, why I was done wrong, how I was treated, rather than really looking at how I was really treated through the years. Carrying on negative memory is easy for a human being. Easy, easy. Like I said before, and plenty of times that it has its roots in our evolutionary development because we need to think about negative experiences in order to prevent future ones. But that's where you need to balance it out as an adult. We're no longer this helpless child where we don't know what to do with our emotions. Today, we have a choice. We had a choice back then, but sometimes we may not have been taught that. But today you are not helpless to it. On the inside, you have the choice. And now I need you to recall all the people, write them down, that have helped you along the way, that have held your hand, <laughs> gave you an extra pastry on the Starbucks drive through <laughs> that other woman who helps open the door for you when you're pregnant and smiles at you and lets you know just one more month. <laughs> All those times we've been treated with fragility and love. I want us to recall all those people, animals, energies, all of them. I want us to recall them on what we perceive could be the worst day of our life when we don't feel worthy. We don't, we don't feel enough. I want you to recall all those people that were amazing markers for your life to remind you you are lovable and you are worthy. They knew it. They knew it even when you didn't. Do them justice. Have them stand by you. Whether they are dead authors or people, celebrities that have inspired you somehow that had passed on, or that maybe had not passed on, but you don't know, currently living. I want you to give them the respect they deserve in your mind, the space they deserve in your mind. Let them heal you and remind you you are worthy. They're there. Like I said, it's impossible to get as far as we have in humanity and not experience that. It is the inventor of the light that said, you know, we need people to see whenever they want to see in the dark. <laughs> it is the pre-K teacher for my child that assures me it's all going to be okay. 
and that it's going to be a lot of fun for the kiddo, even if we're trying it in a different way this year. All generous acts, they all help us out. It might be the next door neighbor who might take your trash in when they know you work late that night. They don't have to do those things, but they remind you that you are worthy and yet you are here and they're telling you two more miles, you'll get there. So that's how we love with no shame, no embarrassment. Because in fact, we live it every single day. We just don't know it. We're not sure enough of it. We don't select it or recall it quick, quickly. So that's why we hesitate when we say the word love. We perceive it as perfection. But all these things I told you about today, they're not necessarily perfect, but they're most certainly love and they're certainly human. So don't worry about it being too perfect. Don't hesitate when you say the word love. Recall all the incidences when, no, when someone did not hesitate to love you back, to encourage you. To live in a world where there's love every day being experienced, where people encourage one another. That is the world I live in. And because it's not something that I'm telling you out of being an idealist or uh, somehow I'm not uh, reality-based or I don't experience things that are unexpected. On the contrary, it is those situations that make me recall every day that I'm worthy. It is the love that I've been given through those years that I may have dismissed at one point, not recalled or given value to, but sure as hell won't make that mistake. Let's all have that talk within ourselves. Let's all demonstrate for each other the encouragement needed to push each other two miles, two more miles, two more miles. When you get a call from a nasty customer, <laughs> just remember, two more miles. That's it. And be as generous as you can with your love. That's how and what makes the world go round. That's how we live this far, because we take care of one another, not because we kill each other off, despite what we've been conditioned. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love and light and the elimination of hesitation when it comes to love. This has been an episode of Drive Through. Thank you.